Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ah, John Oliver. We're going to bifurcate you for a second. Your HBO show that's shown worldwide, but obviously you're a self-identified Brit. So on your recent episode, you had some cutting comments about the Queen that I agree with. Now, they were aired in America and aired in other parts, but not in the UK, because as I've told people again and again, there's no such thing as free speech in the UK, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, or the Commonwealth, when you make references to the monarchy. Now, you want to kiss their ass? Hey, they'll let you say it all day long. But if you dare criticize the monarchy in any way, shape, or form, it doesn't pass the smell test of the census. So I noticed you didn't get all rip-raw and outraged at that. No, 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 John Oliver, because you realize, as a young lad, having gone through the public school system, which is really the private school system in England, that you had to defer to royalty and you learned your lesson, right? oof to you. Number two. You then took off on Law and Order. It's their anniversary. You said they're nothing but a propaganda piece for the NYPD. And you said, oh, Dick Wolf, the founder, the creator of that, 52,000 Law and Order episodes. He is a disgraziata. He is a shanda. Because every time he does a Law and Order series, it's pro-NYPD. And I'm saying to myself, we were able to listen to that and watch you even though you're not a New Yorker, you're not an American, you have your opinion. You're entitled to it. See, in America here, you have complete free speech. But back in your own UK, you can't even diss and dismiss the queen, the king, the decadent, deadbeats, dysfunctional, completely debaucherous uh, individuals that they are who rip off the taxpayers' hair. Now, if you dare say that, you're persona non grata. So, John Oliver, there was a lesson to be learned this week. You live in a nice condo with uh, security officers uh, down in the foyer of the building. You don't have to walk out into the streets. You have G's and the stretch limo will take you to and from the studios to do your preparation and then your weekly show. So you have no idea what goes on in the streets of New York City, but you still can give commentary. You're still entitled to your opinion. Even on that one, I disagree with you. On the one I agree with you about the queen and the king and the fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi monarchy. Peeps in the Commonwealth, peeps in the UK were not entitled to listen to you because you were censored. Wow, it's the anniversary of Law and Order. Have you seen Dick Wolf lately? It's creator, it's producer, it's director, it's, it's all everything. Guy looks like a cadaver in formaldehyde. And anyway, they just keep splurting out more and more different versions, more and more different episodes. They did an episode about me I was not at all thrilled with. They actually made John Gotti Jr. more sympathetic than I as a feature in their one-hour special, even though it was John Gotti Jr. who gave the orders to the Gambino crime family to have me whacked in honor of his father who wanted me dead. Now, 
Still trying to figure that one out. But guess what? It's what law and order does. They don't necessarily go into the streets. They rip their stories off the headlines of the tabloids in New York City, and they churn it out. They churn it out one after another. Law and order cops. Law and order DA. Law and order this. Law and order that. They're running out of titles for law and order. I remember when they first started. It was Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach, who made his statement, his claim to fame on Broadway, in movies and in television. He was like the lead investigator, DT, for busting his shoes. And it made it a very successful program. I might add that Jerry Orbach was the guy who was with, yes, you know who it was, Joey Gallo and Umberto's, when all of a sudden the Colombo crime family came in for revenge because it was Joey Gallo and he, his boys who had blasted Joe Colombo at that Italian-American civil rights gathering on Columbus Day. So vengeance was sweet. But this is not what the uh, kind of method acting that Jerry Orbach was used to. He had to go ducking for cover as the assassin of Joe Colombo. Actually, the guy who guided the assassin, Joey Gallo, was shot 28 times. So law and order continues. NBC has certainly profited from this. And a guy named Ice-T, right, who was a pimp in L.A., who eventually became a degenerate hip-hop rapper, who actually did a rap song that was called Cop Killer and was attacked by law enforcement all over the country, was given a role on Law & Order Now where he's a DT, the very role that he dissed and dismissed as a rapper, and also violating the code of what he said all oh, young homies should abide by. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. But now he's rolling in dough. He's a DT who tells the suspects, nah, none of the snitches get ditch, ditches and end up in stitches. None of the snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. See, I hate you so much, Ice-T. You caused me to mumble and jumble myself. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, today, 1996, there was Tupac Shakur with Suge Knight that throws records. They had just come from the Mike Tyson fight in Las, Ve Las Vegas, and he was shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting. Years later, it turned out that the guy who capped him was a guy named Orlando Anderson. He was a crip. He was a Compton crip. And apparently what had happened, we saw it on the video from the hotel right after the Mike Tyson fight, is that Suge Knight and Tupac Shakur got into a fight with some Compton crips. They made a few calls, and then all of a sudden, as Tupac and Suge Knight were pimping behind the wheel, rolling through the streets of Las Vegas, they caught up to them, and then bang, 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 bang. Now, Suge Knight wasn't even shot. Tupac Shakur shot multiple times, taken to uh, a hospital where he died about six days later. Now, think of it. A lot of people in the interim thought that Suge Knight set him up. How is it you could be driving the car, pimping behind the wheel? The Crips roll up on the side. They just, like, pour shot after shot into that moving vehicle. Suge Knight, a big guy, he doesn't get hit. 
Tupac Shakur gets hit six times and then dies six days later. Now think about that. Well, it turns out Suge Knight had nothing at all to do about it. But the life and times of Tupac Shakur is an enigma. He grew up in Baltimore. He went to creative high school. He took ballet. He took classical music. His mother had been a Black Panther in New York, had gone on trial again and again and again, and was dedicated to that cause. Meantime, Tupac was being raised in this environment in which his very name was taken from Shining Path, the ultimate radicals in Peru. Their very name was in honor of Maoist communists. In fact, that's where Tupac got his name from the warriors of years and years ago in Peru. How the hell he ended up with a name like that? You got to connect all the dots of radical revolutionary rhetoric that basically was part of his birth process. He got into East Coast, West Coast beefs with uh, Sean Puff, Daddy Combs, Biggie Smalls. And it was thought that East Coast got West Coast before West Coast got it, but ultimately Tupac gets shot and killed. Six months later, Biggie gets shot and killed out in L.A. outside of the NCAA Achievement Awards, and everything was supposedly squashed. But there are others out there who think that Tupac Shakur is alive. You know, like Elvis, like Jim Morrison of the Doors, because he's Machiavelli. The question is, is Tupac still alive? So CBS this season has a new show about the 75th precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, the largest in the city, the precinct with the most violent crime. And many, many years ago, it was called the Killing Fields in the age of crack cocaine, which devastated our city. Now, all of a sudden, they're trying to show a more gentle, more sensitive police department. And yet you have so-called community leaders, self-appointed community activists and others who are saying, oh, you can't do this. Uh, you will damage uh, what we've been trying to do in East New York. What are you talking about? What are you trying to do? It's the place with the most violence in the city of New York. Let them portray what they want to on TV. It's freedom of speech. It's what America is about. It's creative license. But, oh, this outrage is led by Charles Barron. He's a city councilman. He's been there in perpetuity. And, by the way, he loves the color blue when it's worn by Crips. He hates it when it's worn by the NYPD. In reality, this is not going to be too tough for your stuff show because it's going to show the new NYPD, which cracks down on cops who are over the top, who are abusive, who don't give you your rights. And yet with all of this, still, there are individuals in the streets of East New York who are saying, nah, 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 you can't play up our stereotype. Let me tell you something. This is earned. East New York has been crime central since the 60s. Yeah, it's had its better days but not with Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. And before him, Bill de Blasio, comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor of the dope from Park Slope. So it is what it is. And by the way, one of the stars is Jimmy Schmitz. Remember Jimmy Schmitz from L.A. Law? Jimmy Schmitz from uh, Hill Street Blues. Great actor, right? Jimmy Schmitz, a lot of people don't know. I know it's from East New York. Went to Thomas Jefferson High School. How do I know? Because as a kid, I was watching the high school game of the week. It was on Channel 11, WPIX, Saturday mornings. And who was the broadcaster? Oh, my God. It's like it was like watching an NFL game. It was Marty Glickman who did Giant Games, New York Giant Games, and Nick Games. He was the announcer. 
And he was talking to Mo Finkelstein, who was the coach of Thomas Jefferson, the powerhouse on Pennsylvania Avenue in East New York. He was talking about how John Brockington, his fullback, uh, was going to go on in college, who eventually went on to the Green Bay Packers. And the quarterback was Jimmy Smits. That's right, who went on to Brooklyn College. Went on to become quite the star. The product of a Puerto Rican mother and his father, who was from Suriname, Dutch Guyana. So why don't they just interview Jimmy Schmidt? He's been keeping it real for years. He went to Thomas Jefferson, right in the heart of East New York. He grew up in East New York, and he became a success. They practically don't even mention that. Now, for that, they need to look back and say, well, maybe we should have Jimmy Schmitz as our spokesperson, because how are they going to say that Jimmy Schmitz ain't keeping it real about East New York? (laughs) 